This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03 on Friday the 13th, August 13th, 2021. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on the WBBM Noon Business Hour, presented by the Village of Bedford Park. I'm Rob Hart in for Cisco Cotto today. Arlington Park is set for what could be the last major race in its history. We'll cover that in our next segment. Right now, the University of Michigan's Consumer Sentiment Index has fallen to its lowest reading since 2011. We're joined by... Bob Bruska, Chief Economist, Fact and Opinion Economics, based in New York. Bob, thanks for joining us today. Uh, What is to be made of this uh, survey that shows the uh, index tumbling to 70.2% in the preliminary August reading, the lowest reading in 10 years, and also the lowest uh, since the start of the pandemic uh, in March-April of 2020? Does this reflect uh, a a nation of consumers who are uh, wary about uh, the Delta variant? of COVID-19? Well, wary is one thing, but uh, fearful is something else. And this looks like it's uh, fear of the virus. The, uh, uh, you know, the current conditions index is lower than this historically, less than 10% of the time. The expectations index is lower than this, uh, less than 15% of the time. Um, these are very weak readings on both current conditions, expectations, and the overall sentiment indicator. And uh, people are just much more worried about this uh, variant than they ought to be. If you take a look at what's been going on, people tend to focus on the infection curve. But if you look at the death curve, um, the death curve peaked in the first wave. It peaked at a lower level in the third wave. And it looks like it's going to peak at an even lower level now. This, this variant is much, much less lethal than earlier incarnations of this. But people have been... Uh, hopped up about how dangerous it is. We're told that even people who are vaccinated can pass it on to others, and they can. But the study out of Israel said that only 10% of the people who have been vaccinated who get a breakthrough infection pass it on to somebody else. And of course, that's 10% of the people who have a breakthrough infection, and very few people have it. You're talking about a very, very, very small part of the population. And yet, you've got the CDC telling people who are vaccinated to wear masks, wear masks. Um, There's science in there someplace, but you're not going to find very much of it in policy. Uh, You need to look look at this for yourself. You need to understand what's going on. And as far as I'm concerned, this is overkill. And people have been this is just scare tactics, which leads me which leads me to my next question is, is there the possibility of a rebound once the general public kind of gets their head around the Delta variant or uh, these regional outbreaks that we're seeing in states like Missouri, Florida, uh, Southeast, uh, once those infections curves start to go down. Oh, yeah. Well, again, the difference between the infection curve, the hospitalization curve and the death curve. Uh, if you're in a place where there aren't many, many, very many people who have been vaccinated, there's going to be a lot of infections because this is a very contagious uh, variant. But it's not that lethal. And uh, 
Now, your question, your hypothetical question is, is a good one, but I don't think it's relevant because I don't think people are going to get their heads around this. That people have been scared about this, about this virus from the very beginning, and people aren't going to wake up one day and say, oh, it's just not that dangerous and go out and decide to have fun. People are – I live in New York City, and I go in and I see all of the people who are wearing masks in my neighborhood, and I'm in a zip code where I think 80, over 80% of the people in this area are vaccinated. And yet everybody's going around wearing masks and it's not mandatory. This is people doing this voluntarily. People are worried. People are scared. I think that uh, the, the CDC has done a great injustice uh, for the economy, but nobody cares about the economy. They care about getting everybody vaccinated because that's the goal. But getting people vaccinated has a cost. And so that, that cost may be far, far greater than any benefits that we get from it. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Bob Bresca, Chief Economist, Fact and Opinion Economics, delivering on both today. Coming up, what does the future hold for Arlington Park and horse racing in Illinois? The best daily deal in Chicago, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. The Arlington Million is morphed into the $600,000 Mr. D stakes, which is set to run tomorrow. Mr. D, of course, uh, standing for Dick Duchessois, the uh, legendary uh, owner of the Arlington racetrack. Let's talk about the big day, which is likely to be the final major race at the track. We welcome in Tony Petrillo, president, Arlington International Racecourse in Arlington Heights. Tony, thanks for joining us today. Uh, how much nostalgia are you going to feel as uh, you walk around the racetrack tomorrow and talk to some people who have been to uh, every million since its inception 40 years ago. Well, it's going to be very heartwarming because uh, usually the people you stop and talk to have really generational uh, uh, attachments to uh, Arlington Park from, you know, grandfathers and uncles or, you know, or others. So uh, it's a it's a very warm feeling, but it's also very much a celebratory atmosphere uh, tomorrow for the Duchess Wa family. Now, the, the discussion around Arlington Park all year long and all season long has been future-oriented about the uh, possible bidders for the Arlington Park property, but you still have a racing season going on. You still have a, a business with employees and customers and racers and horses and trainers. What is this like to conduct this season as all the discussion about possibly, you know, the Bears moving in and other ideas are swirling around you? Well, we have a, a culture here where people are really dedicated to a mission, and we've learned that from Mr. Duchessois. From his life as a military uh, individual who learned lessons that uh, got him to where he's at today and being very, very successful. So we're really committed to this mission to put on the best show, the best experience for everybody that comes and visits us from now uh, till September 25th, our last day of racing. And very quickly, I mean, this was a race that at one time was nationally televised. It was uh, part of the uh, NBC Sports World wheel, if you remember that from way back when. Uh, what What's the media coverage going to be like for this race tomorrow? Well, we'll be on Fox Sports uh, 2. We'll have our three grade one races uh, on broadcast on that network, and uh, people will be able to watch it there. Plus a number of different other platforms on uh, Roku TV. Uh, and then we'll also have uh, five other undercard stakes races. So we have eight stakes races tomorrow. That that has never happened in the history of of Arlington to have this big of a race day. Uh, while we've had these big races, uh, it's it's really going to be a day that's going to fortify Arlington and its history. 
Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Tony Petrillo, president of the Arlington International Racecourse based in Arlington Heights, Illinois. Coming up next, retailers are racking up sales as college students head back to campus. Loaning useful information each weekday. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Back to school retail is expecting big things, especially with college kids heading back to campus after the pandemic forced many of them into remote learning. Joining us now on the McGrath-Lexus business line is Jan Rogers Niffin, CEO of J. Rogers Niffin Worldwide, based in New York. Jan, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Is this a case of uh, college students uh, unleashing some pent-up demand, or is this a case of uh, those plastic dorm room bins won't buy themselves? <laughs> wow, it's both of those. I love that analogy. In any event, uh, yeah, they're they're seem to be going a little crazy a little early. And a lot of the spending seems to be on things to make my darn room more livable, which is interesting. I think we'll see an explosion later on in actual apparel, which hasn't ignited yet for back to school so much with the college crowd. But I think that the estimates we've got of 12 or 13 percent growth in college back to college spending will be well exceeded by the time we're through the period. And I think it'll run much longer than it normally does because I think those students are kind of waiting to see, what do I really need? What am I really going to be doing? What clothes do I need? What are people wearing now? Nobody was here last year. There's all that going on as well as the normal spending of I need all this stuff from my dorm room, which seems to be exploding. My freshman year dorm room move-in year was the uh, olden times of 1998, and back then you had to get the uh, the three CD changer stereo, the TV, the VCR, a uh, bunch of new uh, cassette tapes, CDs, uh, a swingers poster. Uh, what are some of the tech toys uh, that uh, today's college freshmen are uh, bringing to campus this year? Well, the big spending is still what it was last year. Everybody is upgrading routers and upgrading their phone and they're upgrading their computer. It's that kind of stuff. Now, are they still buying really cool stuff to make their room prettier, like covers and drapes and things like that? Yes. None of that ever happened when I was starting for college. But I know by the time my daughters, who are about your age, were starting for college, all of that was very, very popular. It's very, very popular this year. So literally dorm decor things that you put in your room to make it look more like a real place somebody might live and actually drop by as opposed to a concrete block walls with something taped on it like would have been there in the old days. Yeah, so they, yeah we're seeing a lot of spending at places like Bed Bath & Beyond, for instance. I was going to say, is it Bed Bath & Beyond, Target, big box stores? Is that where places that uh, college freshmen or incoming freshmen or sophomores or those who are living on campus, is that where they're going to just take care of all of their dorm room needs? Well, there's no question that Target is a big winner in this process, but surprisingly, or maybe showing that that Bath and Beyond is actually getting better than it's been in the past, they have been a big winner as well. And then Walmart is always a big winner in back and and that is all showing up. And the other people that have a big benefit from the point of view of the technology side, of course, is Best Buy. And then let's not forget how well Amazon does with Back to College. So, yes, all of those are doing really, really well. But I still think that next explosion can come at places like Urban Outfitters and Abercrombie and & Fitch and places where even Nordstrom's where people will buy clothes to go back because they need clothes this year and they haven't bought clothes now for 18 months and they haven't been any place. So they're looking around going, what do I really need? What am I going to be doing this year? And they haven't quite figured that out yet. So I think that big explosion in apparel 
from even places like Macy's as well and Kohl's, it's about to start right now and run much longer than usual when we get to back to school. So that'll be what to watch for because that's going to what that's going to be what drives it over the top if back to school spending well exceeds the twelve to thirteen percent growth over last year that I expected to. Thanks for joining us, Jan Rogers Niffen, CEO of J Rogers Niffen Worldwide, based in New York. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. This is Chicago's all-news station. News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. The Taliban moves closer to control of Afghanistan amid an exodus of citizens from the U.S. and other countries. COVID 19 booster shots are approved for some people at more risk of catching COVID. In Entrepreneur Friday, it's the first official summer season at the Forge. Lamont Quarries, the largest adventure park in Illinois, will meet the businessman behind it and workers who are seeing. Seeking a more flexible schedule may be able to get it through negotiation with their employer. WBBM Business, the Dow is up 27 points right now. The NASDAQ up 6, the S&P 500 up 4. AccuWeather says, pleasant today, less humid with clouds and sunshine, a high of 83. 80 along the lakefront, we have 78 degrees right now in Chicago at 1231. And topping our news at the half hour, the U.S. and other countries are hurrying to get their citizens to safety as the Taliban makes major advances in Afghanistan. CBS News Pentagon correspondent Cammie McCormick has the latest. First the U.S., then Britain and now Canada are all sending troops to help reduce their embassy staffs. The U.S. will station thousands of infantry troops at Kabul International Airport. They'll help protect the airport and secure military flights. More than 3,000 additional U.S. troops will head to Kuwait in case they're needed. They can deploy quickly. Cammie McCormick, CBS News. Federal regulators have approved COVID-19 booster shots for people with immune system issues. If you have a severely weakened immune system, the FDA says you can get a booster shot of the Pfizer or Moderna vaccines. 
Just wait at least 28 days after getting your second shot before you get the booster. But the FDA's decision applies only to this high-risk group. That's likely no more than 3% of U.S. adults. This is not an opening for booster doses for the general population. Health officials are continuing to closely monitor if and when the average American's immunity wanes enough to require boosters for everybody. I'm Rita Foley. It's 12.32. The Noon Business Hour continues, presented by the Village of Bedford Park. Markets are a touch higher today, and we're joined by Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast Newsletter based in Hammond. Chuck, thanks for joining us today. It would appear uh, traders are singing It's a Small World After All, uh, thanks to the uh, big uh, beat by Disney, especially when it comes to Disney+. Plus. But everything seems to be a pretty robust in the house of mouse it, that's that's very good rob i like that uh yes they had some good results uh, people were really focused on uh what the streaming business was looking like in in light of the fact that netflix really had kind of disappointing growth uh and the increased competition that's out there with pretty much everybody doing a streaming service this day but disney came in pretty strongly across their various streaming platforms and i think that was a positive we also saw the leverage that the company has when its theme park business comes back and, and comes back with vigor. Uh, the company beat earnings estimates, and uh, thus the stock is up today. I think the one lingering fear is, you know, and the company even kind of mentioned this, is what will the, you know, the variant do here going forward in terms of, will that take some of the edge off of their demand uh, over the next few months? Will people cancel plans to go to Disney? I, I, I'm not convinced that that will be the case, um, but it's certainly something that does inject a little bit of uncertainty into it. But at least for today, Disney stock is shining pretty nicely. What brought uh, led to that uh, jump in uh, subscribers at Disney Plus, especially since uh, uh, streaming services across the whole sector, it was very hard to beat growth in 2020 just because of the circumstances surrounding that year. And on top of that, the streaming services, all of them were competing with this uh, new notion called going outside and doing things with other people uh, that you could do again. So what brought people to Disney Plus? What made them unique? Well, a couple of things. Their, their ESPN Plus actually showed some real nice growth, and, and I think that coincided with kind of the advent of sports again, where people, sporting events happened and people could watch them, and, and thus there was a, uh, a bit more demand for, for sports programming, and ESPN Plus fits that nicely. I think the other issue that helps Disney versus some of the other companies is that Disney has really kind of meshed its streaming service with its theatrical film business, and they've kind of provided incentives for people to join Disney Plus to be able to uh, see some of these new theatrical releases that they had that typically would just go to the movies, but now um, Disney's kind of running them simultaneously. And I think that's another factor that gives uh, folks a, a certain reason to look and subscribe to Disney Plus because they can kind of watch those movies in the comfort of their home. Now, very quickly, as the Dow continues to hang in record territory, what's the Dow theory telling you? Yeah, the Dow theory is still bullish. Uh, the good news is um, on a very short-term basis, we've seen better price action in the Dow Jones transportation average, which has been kind of the, the lingering problem here with the Dow theory is the divergence between the Dow industrials and Dow transports. And the, the transports have kind of picked up the pace here a little bit over the last few weeks. Uh, as long as they can kind of continue that upward trend and, and close that divergence gap, 
With the industrials, I think the market should be okay, but the primary trend still remains bullish under the Dow theory. Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast newsletter based in Hammond. Thanks for joining us this afternoon and coming up next in Entrepreneur Friday, Finding Adventure at an Old Quarry in the Southwest Suburbs. Discussing the news affecting your money. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Entrepreneur Friday, and this afternoon we're heading outside to Illinois' largest adventure park. Joining us now on the McGrath-Lexus business line is Jeremy Bacon, co-founder and CEO of The Forge, Lamont Quarries. Jeremy, thanks for joining us this afternoon. You had your soft opening in 2020 uh, amidst a lot of the restrictions on public gatherings during the pandemic. Even during that uh, unique, strange, odd, uh, historically unprecedented time, uh, what did you learn about uh, the business during your first year in operation? Well, thanks for asking, and thanks for having me on. Short answer there is we learned a lot. Uh, One of the actually unforeseen benefits of having to deal with COVID-related restrictions last year was that it gave our operations team a really good chance to dial in operations and customer experience and guest service to make sure that what we're offering every day in terms of guest services and experiences inside the park both matches expectations and then exceeds them. And so that was a real blessing for us. And our first full year of operations has been absolutely wonderful. And we have anywhere from hundreds to thousands of people in the park every day in a totally, completely COVID-safe way. And it's been wonderful to watch the guests experience the, the outdoors and the park and really enjoy family time and friendship time together. It's not every day when an entrepreneur uh, lays his eyes upon a quarry and sees an adventure park. Uh, what was the process that uh, led to the creation of this adventure, you know, ropes course, zip lining, kayaking uh, inside this natural feature? Well, I've always been an athlete and always been involved in outdoor adventure sports, whether that's uh, marathons and triathlons to ultra marathons and endurance races and orienteering races and things like that. Growing up in Colorado, I did those things. Coming to Illinois, I started doing those things as well. And I stumbled upon this beautiful town, Lamont, back in 2006, and then stumbled upon these beautiful quarries and this wonderful open space and said, oh, my gosh, like, this would be the coolest place to build a giant playground for kids and adults alike to come out and have a place to kayak and canoe and climb and ride and bike and jump and just sort of play uh, in the outdoors. And that really was the time I started thinking about it. And then fast forwarding to 2015 was when we finally were in a position where we said, okay, now's the time to push forward and build this thing. And it took several years to get her done. But again, we opened up last summer and it's been, it's been absolutely wonderful. As uh, opening day was approaching and uh, it was you know, February, March of 2020, and you started to hear mm-hmm. more stories about uh, we're shutting down public gatherings and social distancing and everybody is working from home. And then you saw those pictures of downtown Chicago virtually deserted. What went through your mind uh, as you were watching all of this unfold? And did you think uh, that opening day in 2020 was even possible? That's a great question. So in my career as an entrepreneur, I've actually started several companies and a couple of them I actually started and grew during the great financial collapse and crisis of 2008. So I was used as an operator to sort of thinking about the world in crisis mode. And so we actually had a plan for what happens if things get really, 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 really bad very early on in the, in the design process for the park and in the, opera, in the operations plan for the park. And so we were able to switch gears really quickly. And within a couple of weeks, we were consulting with the state and, this, and the, the nation and other parks to determine what they were going to be doing. And we were able to be part of the effort 
to sort of determine exactly how parks like ours should respond to COVID and the types of policies and procedures we should put in place. So we were really lucky that we were thinking ahead in that regard. Obviously, we didn't expect it to be what it was, but nobody was. But we were fortunate that we had thought enough steps ahead that we were able to respond quickly. And then, like I said, offer a great experience. So we limited capacity last year, but we were full almost every day up to the capacity that made sense for COVID-restricted operations environment. And that's really to the benefit of our team for preparing a great plan and executing a great plan to make that possible. And what, it made what was a really treacherous and scary time to be in any kind of business, particularly one where you're putting people you know, outside in an environment together uh, during a pandemic, uh, but doing so in a way we could make them feel safe and healthy and comfortable. And we didn't have a single incidence of COVID transmission at the park. Not a single guest got sick ever uh, since the time we've opened. That's due to the fact that we were able to put forth a lot of effort and plan and be ready. All right, Jeremy, I'll let you get back to uh, doing a ropes course or a zip line or uh, something like that out at the uh, Lamont Lamont Quarries. Jeremy, thank you for joining us so much today. Jeremy Bacon, co-founder and CEO of The Forge, Lamont Quarries in southwest suburban Lamont. Still to come, negotiating a work schedule that better fits your needs. Investing 60 minutes each weekday toward planning for the future. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The pandemic has changed the way Americans work, and in some cases, employers are becoming more flexible with schedules. Let's talk about how employees can customize their work week with Rick Cobb, Executive Vice President, Keystone Partners in Chicago. Rick, thanks for joining us this afternoon. And this seems to be the time, if you as an employee uh, want to have some leverage with your employer, uh, a very hot job market is the time to do that and uh, what are some things that you can do as the employee to negotiate some work from home days into your schedule sure well what's most important first is to think about why you want to do this and and you already have the reason it might be you have elder care issues you're transitioning child care you've simply the, the commute you're uncomfortable about the uncertainty of the pandemic your your reasons you can articulate the challenge is to understand the employer's perspective, and that's not something people typically do in a negotiation. So you have to spend some time thinking about what does that boss, how do they feel, and whether they are going to be their concerns and insecurities, because that's really what you're dealing with, not your own agenda. So that's the first thing. And then I think the second thing is to clearly articulate your reason in a, in a practical way uh, that makes sense. And then when you when you get to the actual proposal of the request that you make, that's actually probably the hardest thing for most people to do. They, they will fantasize or dream about the conversation, create these dialogues, but they never actually get to the conversation because it seems to be, they make it bigger in their head than it needs to be. So you have to be very matter of fact and articulate your 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 concern or your issue, your your motivation for asking, and then ask if they would consider it. The consideration is important because you don't want to put somebody in a corner where it's a win or lose situation if you can avoid it. We don't want this to be about ego. We want this to be about a collaborative opportunity for you to be able to do the work. And then, uh, most importantly, have a plan for how you're going to address what you perceive your boss's concerns to be. You you can negotiate it in terms of it being, I think that the things that I need to do where I'm in the office are these and these and these, and here's how I would suggest we might deal with those, and here are the things that I think I can do as well, if not better, when I'm working from home and articulate those. And then set some goals for the both of you that say, if I meet these standards, uh, then, then I think that would be acceptable and then get their feedback. 
That's some great advice. Rick Cobb, Executive Vice President, Keystone Partners in Chicago. If you missed any part of the Noon Business Hour, the replay podcast, available shortly at WBBMNewsRadio.com and the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.